the latest stat from Gartner shows that only 20% of the time that you spend with a buyer actually happens in a structured meeting. So that would be Zoom or in person. The other 80% happens in digital channels. So that's going to be primarily email, text, and sometimes LinkedIn DMs. Now, the reason why I share this is that that is going to significantly impact how you communicate and the impact of that communication on how likely the deal is to close based on how well you do outside of the face-to-face conversations that you have with your buyers. So that's what we're going to get into in this episode. Before we do that, my name is Jason Bay. You're listening to Outbound Squad. Our goal is to help you turn complete strangers into paying customers. So if you're an account executive doing a lot of selling and outbound right now, or you're an SDR that's you know doing a lot of outbound with aspirations to become an AE, you're definitely in the right place. So the reason why I wanted to talk about this topic and what you're about to listen to is an audio excerpt of a webinar that we did on this is that the best product doesn't always win. You might be selling in a competitive industry and a lot of the ones I can think of are any kind of marketing tools, any sales tools, HR tools. There's a lot of these where if we're being honest, the solution that you sell is from the buyer standpoint is, is not really that much different from your competitors. So the point here is that the best buying experience wins. And what Tyler Lessard from Vidyard is going to talk to us about today, he's got a framework that you can use to use video and other asynchronous forms of communication to kind of level up the buying experience outside of the times that you're actually speaking with someone. So he's going to walk us through a framework. It's F-A-M-E, familiarity, attention, momentum, and education. And this is based off the work that Vidyard does with LinkedIn, Terminus, Sales Loft, and a lot of other companies that you probably recognize. So this is going to be a good one. Before we get to that, I've got a quick favor. If you enjoy this listening to this podcast, one thing that would mean a lot to me is if you left an honest rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you want to help the show out, that's the way to do it. Helps this get in front of other folks like yourself and your sales leaders. So without further ado, let's get to the interview. We're going to have some fun. So we're going to talk about a couple different things, but primarily around, and we'll kind of get into this a little bit with our guest today, is there's a lot of the asynchronous communication that happens between scheduled Zoom calls that really makes a huge impact on whether or not you're going to win the deal, especially if you're selling uh, a product, a service, any kind of solution where there's a lot of competition and a lot of similar types of features compared to your competitors. But before we get into that, I want to introduce our guest. If you haven't heard of him, Tyler Lesser from Vidyard. You're the VP of Marketing and Chief Video Strategist. I love that second part. But uh, Tyler, it's, it's a great to have you here and to jam again with you, man. Hey, buddy. Thanks. It's always a pleasure to uh, to chat with you and to hang out with such an amazing audience here. So thanks, everybody, for joining us. Excited to dive into all the things I've learned in the last like 50 years I've been at Vidyard on how to use video effectively. So Excited, my friend. Thank you. Yeah. So before we dig in, a uh, couple things. The more you engage today, the more you're going to get out of the session. So um, questions, feel free to drop them into the chat or the Q&A button. We're going to talk all about what uh, a lot of the companies you guys, I mean, it's a pretty impressive Rolodex of companies that you guys work with, but you know how LinkedIn, Terminus, Sales Loft are using video to land meetings and close more deals. And I think that what we could talk about to set this up is... You had brought this up in our prep conversation around, hey, the best product does not always win, the best buying experience wins. And there's a lot of data. I don't know. Have you seen the data from Gartner actually around the preferences around a repless buying experience? It's it's pretty scary, actually. I think 71% of buyers last time they pulled them would love to have a buying experience where they don't even interact with a rep. Yep. So when you hear stuff like that, what do you think? Well, what do you think of it? It's uh, so I've I've seen that. I've also seen stats from Gartner and others indicating most buyers um, feel that their last B two B buying experiences was very complicated, was uh, was was difficult, uh, was frustrating in some cases. And when I hear these things, obviously the first thing is like, oh my goodness, like salespeople, are you going to be okay? Um, but the bigger thing is the need for all of us to better align around the expectations and preferences of our buyers. And it's something that we, you know, we talk about sometimes in sales. And we're always like, oh, people now prefer this or that. 
But I don't think we often enough really step back and think about what does that mean? Like if we were to actually create a sales process that was the way that our buyers really preferred to engage and buy, what would that look like? And, you know, if you're, if you're ever on the other side of it, right? Like some of you out there, I'm sure are on the other side of it at times. And I'm sure there's times when you get super frustrated with the sales process you're going through. And like that really fires me up and gets me going and, and gets me excited to think about like in my world, how can we all use video as a way to better align with how prospects want to buy? But that's just one small part of it. And so I'm really excited to sort of peel that back here today and, and we can go beyond just video as well if we'd like, but that's such an important idea of how do we best align to the way our buyers prefer to engage with us. And also given the current context of, in many cases, it's bigger buying committees than ever because there are more stakeholders, because there's more scrutiny, more risk, smaller budgets, that's bound to happen. More and more buying teams are distributed now after we went through the great what do we call it? The great remotization of uh, 2020. And so all these things are like changing the way buyers buy and they want to buy. And we've got to get better at aligning to that. Yeah. There's not to keep pulling out stats, but because I was really just kind of curious about this topic. One of the things I saw Gartner also talked about is that they estimate in the next year or two that only about 20% of the communication you have with a buyer is even going to be through like Zoom meetings, structured right. call. The other 80% is going to be through texts, emails. I have a lot of buyers that want to only talk through LinkedIn DMs, which is, that's yeah, a whole story for another time. I find that incredibly frustrating. <laughs> but uh, I'm curious, just in the chat, let us know, um, outside of structured Zoom calls, are you texting buyers? Are you dropping DMs in LinkedIn? Um, is there more asynchronous back and forth email? Let, let us know in the chat. What, what sort of communication are you doing outside of those structured Zoom calls? Because I think what you're going to talk about with us today, Tyler, is, is really how you can level up that communication. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, we have kind of all over the place here. And I think you're right. And we're, we're seeing it here. And I think it's it'll be no surprise if we see um, sort of a baseline that more and more we're relying um, on asynchronous communications to keep our deals moving and communicate with prospects. I know as somebody on the other side of it, when I get that message saying, hey, can we set up a call too? I'm like, immediately I have this like anxiety sort of yeah. <laughs> filling up in my chest as a prospect. And I'm like, oh, like, do we really have to schedule a call and get these people in on it? And, and there's a time and place for that, right? Like there's certainly a time and place where we want to be able to get together. We want to have open dialogue. We want to ask questions. We want to see things in real time, have a conversation. But like more and more, um, I think about we're moving to an increasingly asynchronous selling and buying experiences. And we have to equip ourselves for that. One of the big risks like Jason that I see is like, let's, let's, let's take ourselves to the extreme and say, let's say we don't have any live calls or live in-person meetings with a prospect, right? Gartner says more and more, they, they want to have a seller list um, buying experience. But what does that really mean? Well, it starts to mean that we need to provide more and more information offline, on-demand, self-serve. But that puts us at big risk of like not being able to really personalize the experience for them, of not being able to build rapport, build relationship, to kind of lose engagement, right? Um, and all those things become really big risks if we move to a fully asynchronous or even you know primarily asynchronous sales model. We, we feel like we lose control. All these things happen. And so there are ways to combat that and say we can have the best of both worlds, right? We can deliver the kind of experience buyers are starting to prefer, but without losing the ability to inject ourselves, right? To you know, bring our personality, to build those relationships, to create rapport, to earn trust, all those things that we used to rely on live meetings to do. Yeah. What I took away from what you said just now is, and you could speak on this as an executive yourself, it's it's before I even commit to spending time in any kind of buying process, how do I kind of de-risk that decision? How do I make sure that if I put a half hour on my calendar or 45 minutes or an hour to participate in a, a buying process that I'm not wasting that time that could have been spent like with my team? You know, I think it's so easy in a virtual environment to just take every meeting, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. that people want to put on your calendar. So let's walk through your framework. So you have a framework uh, fame. Uh, that we're going to walk through. And then what we're going to do for just the rest of you watching here and listening is we're going to talk about that framework. And then Tyler's prepared a ton of examples. So 
what it looks like to use video for prospecting through the sales cycle to walk through proposals. There's all kinds of fun stuff. So tell us a little bit more about the framework, how mm-hmm. you came up with it. And I might've helped a little bit actually with the, uh, yeah. <laughs> not the creation of it, but, but in the, uh, Help is maybe not the right word. I got to watch you come up with it live in action when we were talking about that. I don't think I really helped that much at all, actually. But what's the what's the framework? And uh, walk us through it. No, you, you did. And it was a really fun process to really dig in and think about what is it that video does really well in the sales process? And when we talk about video in this context, just for everybody to level set, um, you know, I'm primarily referring to what we call asynchronous video. So let's you know put like Zoom calls aside. And, you know, when I think about how we can use video, there are personalized video messages, there are screen recordings that I record and send over to a prospect. They may be on-demand videos as well, demos, customer stories, things I've previously recorded. All of those are different ways in which we can engage our buyers with video. And when you think about what video is really good at and the kind of challenges in today's sales process it can solve for, Um, I have the uh, framework and the lovely acronym called FAME, F-A-M-E. So F stands for familiarity. And this is a really, really important one. And I think something we often underestimate as sellers when we kind of get into the weeds of things and we're moving, um, you know, deal after deal and call after call is the importance of creating rapport and creating familiarity with our prospects and buyers. The more you all know this, right? The more somebody feels familiar, the more likable they are to you, the more you start to trust them. And it's hard to become familiar in an asynchronous sales world when it's all texts and emails, LinkedIn DMs, and then you're sending them off to your website to download a guide, right? It's like you could go through a full sales process and have them never see your face or hear your voice. And that's a big risk. On the other end of the spectrum, you could say, hey, whenever it is that a prospect has a question, whenever there's something I want to explain to them, when I'm walking into, uh, you know, prepping before a meeting, right? All of these are moments where I could record and send a video message so they keep seeing my face coming up. They keep hearing my voice. They get to see me. They get to hear me. They get to know me. They get to trust me. So familiarity is a really, really important one. The second is... Sorry, can we talk on that actually for a second? There's a couple things that came to mind for me, and it's it's nice that you're coming from the marketing side as well, because I feel like, let me know what you think about this. I feel like as sellers, the biggest hack right now is getting better at marketing. Right. Building familiarity in the impression game, that's a marketing yeah. strategy. You're building brand affinity. You're building like personal yeah. brand affinity with your audience, and you're becoming somebody that they want to do business with, right? Like that as a marketer, that's like my number one job is like, I have to create an environment where people want to do business with us that anytime they're looking for something related to us and so on, that they feel like an urge and a desire to do business with us. Right. That's my greatest competitive advantage, whether or not my product is the best product. Right. And salespeople, it's a very similar opportunity for you to create that almost like gravity. And like, this is why we used to take people golfing. We went out for steaks and we did all of those in-person relationship building activities was to become more familiar to become more trustworthy and to become the person and the business that they wanted to do business with. But in the new world of sales, it's very different. And these are ways to do it using video now as the next best thing to being there in person. Yeah. Okay. One other quick comment. This is something I thought about too, because I've been talking a lot about multi-threading. So uh, let us know in the chat, actually, what percentage of your deals are you single threaded on? So if you think about the deals that you're working right now, how many of them you're only getting access really to like one person that will hop on a meeting like the one that we're doing right now. Yeah, 90%, all of them. Good on Carl, starts multi-threading. Starting with multi-threading, Carl's on to something. So the reason I'm asking this, what I thought of, I need to start actually doing a better job of this is a big part of multi-threading is, I call it preheating the oven Mm -hmm. with to the buying group. So if I'm talking to Monica, let's say on your team about something, and it wasn't an introduction from you, um, like introducing yourself to the rest of the buying group through a quick video is like a great way for when it does come time to loop someone like you into the conversation, you've already seen, heard, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, It's harder to say no to someone that you know versus a complete stranger 
who is just a name in oh, an 100%. email. Address. I, I will ghost an email address or a text number or whatever yeah. it is anytime. But like, as soon as I've seen that person in like a quick video, even if I just saw their thumbnail image of them waving at me in my inbox or something like that, it's like, it's suddenly, it's very different right now. You've put a face and a, and a, you know, human uh, to the name and it goes a long way to, again, making you familiar. It also um, triggers memorability, right? Like you'll, they'll remember you, um, you you know, again, not, not, not even just like as an email versus a face, but they'll actually just remember you much more clearly for a much longer period of time if they've seen an image of you and then even more so if they click play and watch a 30 second video of you introducing yourself. It's a so, such a simple hack, but you know, it can have a material impact. Yeah. So F familiarity, warm up the, uh, preheat the oven, introduce yourself to stakeholders that way and create that brand affinity that you were talking about. What's the A part for? The A part is something that a lot of sellers have figured out with using like tools like Vidyard and others for using video initially for prospecting which is A is for attention. Video is a great way to not just get, but to earn the attention of your prospects and buyers. And we see this at, frankly, any stages of the sales process. It is real superpower when you're cold prospecting and you're trying to get people's attention in the first place that you've never engaged with. Uh, we consistently see reps who are um, you know, leveraging video messages in their outreach, seeing higher response rates and greater engagement. They're earning that attention. They're both standing out and they're creating a greater expectation of value from those prospects. So it's partly, you know, a bit of the novelty that it stands out from other things, but it's partly also because you've earned it by putting in that time to make a short video to communicate, you know, directly and as a human um, and to show them that you're investing in, um, in your outreach. So it's a great way to earn attention early on, but it also carries through throughout the rest of your sales process. If you are trying to, again, explain, you know, answer a question that your prospect has and you just send back a text-based email, you know, who knows? They might gloss over it. Who knows? But if you record a video, send it back and say, hey, I recorded you a two-minute video to clearly answer that question and I walk you through it in the screen share, you're going to earn that attention of theirs. They're going to take the time. There's a bit of the law of reciprocity that happens there where they feel like you put in the time to do that for me. I expect greater value from it. I will engage and follow up with you. And that goes right through into like when you're getting ghosted, you're not getting an answer back, um, you know, and and right in through the late stages of a deal cycle. So attention is a really, really important one. And again, tough for all of us today as sellers to earn um, for a lot of different reasons. So I I dropped the tip into the chat. What I kind of took away from that is, you know, as a buyer, do I feel like, you know, you're working for our business? That's such a Mm. big part of it, especially in competitive deals where, yeah. Again, it just doesn't always come where where there's two products. Like think about the conversational intelligence tools in the marketplace right now. From a buyer's perspective, there isn't a lot of differentiation between all of these tools. They just kind of look at them all the same. And it's it's that buying process and do it. It's those little things. It's that spending that little bit of effort. I'm surprised also how many, even clients, sometimes I'll send a video if it makes more sense. And they're always surprised when they get it. And they, mm-hmm. they feel like it actually took a lot more time than it, than it did. Oh yeah. When you, when you send a lot, like, you know, I've sent thousands of these, <laughs> I'm assuming you have as well. It just, yeah. it's faster actually yeah. in a lot of instances to get that attention. Uh, Brian asked a question and feel free as you guys have questions, please drop them into the Q and a or, or drop them right in the chat. Like Brian did. He said, um, with video, do you mean after the scoping call, you attach a video to the email together with a problem and solution statement? And maybe a little more context, maybe into like how the video actually gets, you know, embedded yeah. and how it gets shared. And then any advice for him on kind of when to send these, which we're going yeah, to. So, and, and Brian, we're going to, we're going to get into a bunch of examples on like some great times and, and situations in yeah. which to record and send these videos. Um, I mean, to answer your question directly, like, absolutely, that's a great time to use video is, um, and we'll talk about sort of the post-meeting video as an idea. Um, and with a tool, uh, I mean, Vidyard, there are other tools out there, there's Loom and a few others. Um, uh, but with a tool like Vidyard, it's free. You can go sign up. You're not using one today. And the way it works is it makes it super simple. It's a little Chrome extension. You don't have to install an app or anything. And once you sign up, You've got it ready to go. You can click the little Vidyard button and say, I want to record a video. And you can record either your webcam or your webcam plus a screen share. And hit the record button, record your quick video. 
Uh, could be 30 seconds, could be three minutes, depending on what you're trying to deliver. And as soon as you're done recording, you can immediately send that video over to a prospect via email, via a LinkedIn DM, via WhatsApp, whatever, um, because it has its own dedicated link and a custom thumbnail for it. So basically it's ready to go in the cloud. You don't have to worry about like uploading it or anything or attaching it as a video file. All you're doing is adding the link to the video and the thumbnail image so that they have a preview of what it's all about. And when they click on it, it will open up a web page and that video will play back. So super simple. Um, and that's kind of why we're seeing the adoption of this now is because those like barriers are gone and it's just like, boom, record, you know, drop the link on the thumbnail into my email, send it off. Like Jason said, sometimes it's easier than typing out an email because you can just say it. You don't have to worry about grammar or punctuation. You can just hit record. You can speak like you normally would and send that video message on over. Yeah, I would say a big thing, Brian, and for anyone else's big pro tip is I, I love the screen sharing method where when you drop the thumbnail into that email or wherever it is, people can see something that's customized. So if yeah. you're following up after a sales call, if you have that slide or a one pager where you've summarized the talking points, like that's a really great way to do it. Yeah. Um, good question, Brian. Keep them coming. If you guys could, because we're starting to get a lot of questions, drop them into the Q&A. We'll try to get to as many of these as we can. So familiarity, attention, uh, what's the M and what the we M? Have? The M is momentum. Momentum is one that I really like. And it, it sort of harkens back to the where we started the conversation around this uh, move to more and more asynchronous selling motions. And um, the way I think about it is, as we reduce our dependencies on live calls and Zoom calls and live meetings is how do we keep that velocity and that momentum going in our deals? Um, and even when we are having live calls, right? Uh, we often like to push down or we wait and we say, oh yeah, we'll address that on you know, our next call. You know, Let's make sure we schedule that. And then it's like two weeks later when calendars can align and so on. So videos are a great way to keep momentum going in your deal cycles. Again, by you know, doing things like, you know, proactively either addressing questions that they have or you think they may end up having by sharing updates, um, by, um, again, pulling together different examples or case studies and sharing those throughout those sort of moments of downtime. And often you can, you know, start to pull things shorter as well as keep momentum going by having these continuous touch points. And it's something that often we do today just with emails, right? We're like, hey, like I'm going to send you an email. I haven't heard from you for a few days to like kind of keep things moving along. But by doing these two short videos, it has that compound effect of like creating more clarity because you can better explain things, creating more familiarity um, and creating a desire for them to respond and engage because of the personality that comes through in it. Yeah. One question I have on this is the format in which information is consumed like a, a busy executive might prefer to read something versus watch mm -hmm. something. Yep. Do you recommend when you're sending a video, should there be kind of like a text-based version of what you're sending along with the video? Or should you be selective about yeah. choosing only to use video if it enhances? Like that's the thing I always yep. worry about. And I feel like the biggest challenge with video is getting the person to click it. Mm -hmm. But, and then I also think about, Hey, if I send a 30 second video, that's not very long, but it doesn't take me 30 seconds to read an email is what people right. might be, might be thinking. What are your thoughts on like yeah. the momentum piece? Like when to like, it might make more sense to use video. And then also should I maybe repurpose this into a multiple formats that are easy to consume and yeah. That kind of yeah. Stuff? I think it's a great question. And I think those are things that you, you know, you just have to be savvy about as yeah. Um, you know, as a seller and just as a human communicating with another to, you know, also be mindful of respecting their time. Again, trying, you're trying to create the best possible experience for them you're, while you're also trying to create your best opportunity to, to win the deal. And so those two things should go hand in hand. Um, and you're absolutely right. If there's something you can send over and just, you know, deliver in a couple lines of text in an email, just do that. Like, again, you don't want to overcomplicate it or create um, a bad experience for them. And so I, I often like to just kind of do that, like double check and think about, could this message be better delivered as a video or not, right? And like, what would make it better as a video? Well, is there something that if I show them, it's going to help create clarity and make it a lot more, um, you know, clear and valuable to them, right? In that case, it may be better time spent for them to watch a two minute video where I'm walking through something than just sifting through an email. It might be faster for them to skim the email, but they're going to get more value and more ROI out of the video. 
So are there ways in which a video is going to enhance the message that I'm delivering? Um, is it something that, again, is sort of quick and gives me an opportunity to say it more personally and create that familiarity? Um, so you have to ask yourself those things for sure. And then to the other point there, are there times where you may want to include the video and sort of a summary of like what you said in the video? Yes and no. It's a tough one because, um, and I think you just got to know your audience. So sometimes, yeah, if you're thinking this is somebody who they, they're just going to need the info, they may prefer one or the other. So I'm going to include both. But there are other times where you really want them to watch the video. You almost don't want to let them have that scapegoat of just like reading the text bullets yeah. because you know they're going to get more value out of the video and you're going to get these other, you know, get the familiarity, all these other things. So be mindful of it. There's no right or wrong answer, but you do have to be thoughtful about it depending on the situation and who you're communicating with. Yeah. I almost think of it when you decide to drop a video into an email or LinkedIn message. Now you got to think like a TikToker or a YouTube short, like look at the headlines that they use. <laughs> and like how much they keep your attention. I feel like two years ago, you could send a video and and it could be okay. But the fact that you got a video is really great. And now it's like, you got to be pretty good in the video. You can't be talking super slow. Like you got to hold the person's attention, you know, all of that kind of stuff. It's like, it's really interesting where it's gone. Um, okay. So we have familiarity, attention, momentum. What's the E? The E is education. And, you know, this is a real superpower of video at the end of the day is it is a great way to educate people, to create clarity. Um, you know, the way our brains process information, we learn more, we learn faster, and we remember it longer um, when it's done in a, a visual and audible way compared to us reading text or, or, or consuming static content. Um, and so, again, this is where you want to be mindful if there are points in your sales process where something isn't clear where you need to explain something that, you know, might be a little bit complex to your audience. Those are perfect moments to use video to educate. Um, and I like to think about it as creating clarity as frequently as you can. And again, often we will wait to get on a live call to walk through those things because it is something that you want to be able to show rather than just tell, or it's something complex you want to be able to explain. So often we wait for the live video call. But again, if you have that opportunity to record a video and send it over, you can deliver just as quality information in that format. So again, something I think we can lean more and more on, both using pre-recorded videos that our team has created and taking it upon ourselves to be able to custom record screen shares or again, videos with our webcams where we're answering questions, explaining ideas and walking through things to create clarity with our buyers. Love it. Okay, so we got the FAME framework, familiarity, attention, momentum, education, Let's shift gears now. We're getting a lot of questions around. I think we might have a middle part here before we go through the examples. What do you think about just kind of covering basic technical type of stuff along with just general best practices and guidance? Mm -hmm. And then I think that can kind of set up what we're looking for. Um, let's just kind of go through these. I think the big thing with cold email right now, especially deliverability, yep. is where it's at. So what are kind of general thoughts and best practices around when I decide to embed a video? Yep. It's putting a thumbnail and I'm, so I'm adding both a hyperlink and a piece of media into the email. Yep. How, if at all, does that affect deliverability? And what are some of the things that we should maybe keep in mind to make sure that that email goes through? And that was a question yep. from Scott Breakfield. Yeah. So when you're sending a video via email, um, again, when you're using a tool like a Vidyard, what you're doing is when you have the video ready, you are clicking, there's like a copy link and thumbnail and paste it in your email. Um, there's also a plugin directly for Outlook and Gmail. So it's literally like one click and it just drops the thumbnail image and the link to the video into the email. Um, so then when they get it on the other side, they'll see both. Now, the from a deliverability standpoint, it is this, it basically is the same as any email you would send now that has an image and or a hyperlink in it. Now, the link itself isn't a link to YouTube or other services like that that may sometimes get blocked. Um, so again, it's, it's, you're not at risk at that. Um, but you are going to get treated like any other email that includes an image and or a link. So the, you know, there's, there's never a one-size-fits-all answer to this. Uh, if you are you know, prospecting into teams where, or individuals that don't seem to have a like, highly sensitive firewall or high security standards, you're already sending them links and things like that, you should be perfectly fine. If you're in a space where you are emailing people that you know or you believe um, have stronger firewall uh, restrictions, maybe you are getting bounce backs when you're including images or links, then you have to be mindful of that. 
And, you know, again, attaching the video is going to abide by the same rules. Um, one thing you can do uh, that I've learned in talking to, uh, you know, who I believe to be some experts on this topic is that if you are in that space, what you can do, especially if you're using it for prospecting, is you want to get through and get them to open your emails first before you start adding media or links into those emails. And so start your sequences with text-only emails, the phone calls, the LinkedIn connects. And once you start to see those emails getting opened, then that's your moment to now go, okay, now I'm going to send them a video message to better introduce myself and to better explain it why I'm reaching out. And that's going to have a higher chance of getting through because they've already opened one of your text-based emails and it's going to put you on the good list in terms of a, a sender. Yeah, that's the number one tip that I recommend always. It's a good time management tip too, because if you're an account executive, let's say, which I'm assuming many of you are doing full cycle sales here, you probably don't have time to send 50 videos every week. So you're going to cherry pick and look at who's actually opening up my emails. And this deserves extra personalized, like custom time for me. Mm -hmm. So I love that one. The other one too is around deliverability is keep in mind, if you send an email sequence to someone and they get three or four emails and you have multiple links in your signature and your signature gets dropped into every email, now all of a sudden you have like over a dozen links right. in your email. So, so one thing to do if your company allows it, which I don't know why more of them don't, is to have a hyperlink less uh, email signature, at least on that first email. Yeah. And then in following uh, emails, especially if there's a video, don't have hyperlinks. In those emails, the only thing you need to link to is your website. Yeah. Um, the other thing too, have you experimented much? I haven't tried this, but another thing that I've seen people do is instead of dropping the thumbnail in, they might just hyperlink it. Mm -hmm. I recorded a video for you here and then hyperlink it instead of dropping in the media. Yep. Is there anything there? Have you seen? Yeah. I mean, you can absolutely do that. Um, and again, if you are in a space where you're expecting that images aren't going to get through anyway or may work against you then you can absolutely do that. Um, you want to make sure now that you are, you know, a follow-on question or a related question that I often get is like, are people really going to click on the links? Like everybody is taught today, don't click links from, you know, external sources, you know, fire, you know, alarm, alarm, alarm. And so you also need to be doing everything you can to, um, you know, get ahead of that and to mitigate that. And so the thumbnail image helps a lot because especially if it's you in it and there's something that's, um, personal to them that they recognize. Um, we'll show a couple of examples of those. But again, if I sent um, an email with a video message to Jbay and he opened it up and it had a thumbnail image and there was my face, but I also had the Outbound Squad website up behind me, he would know immediately that I really made this video just for him. And he would be more likely than feeling comfortable to click the link to watch it. If it was just a generic video of me smiling and waving, he'd have a little less confidence. Um, but he can tell it's me, I'm putting my personal reputation online, probably going to click it. If it's just a generic thumbnail image that doesn't have me or anything about him, oof, right? It's going to be tougher. And that's also what you're going to face when it's just a link. So if you are doing that, make sure you do everything you can to hyper-personalize around it so they feel confident. You really did make this just for me. This isn't a fishing expedition and I feel comfortable clicking. This is where I got two more things here. This is where also sending the video through LinkedIn can be really great. Yeah is really great through LinkedIn. It's a hundred percent deliverability. It's always going to go through and you guys have a nice uh, little extension through there too. So it embeds the video nicely and, and it looks like it's a part of the actual app, you know? That's right. Um, the other thing that I would share too, is this is if you're doing more like air coverage sequences that are a little bit more volume based, you can have a call to action in the email asking. Yes. Send a video over. So, um, Hey, Tyler, like, especially if your solution fixes something that you can see. So um, I'm just thinking of, uh, so a woman in one of our programs, uh, their solution helps with, like, it has this feature for cart abandonment. So when she's reaching out to marketers, what she can say in the email is, uh, hey, Tyler, I added XYZ products into my cart. And I noticed that when I left, I didn't get an email within 24 hours prompting me to add something to the cart or to purchase cool if I send a video so I can show you what I'm talking about. Yeah. And then you send that through and then you'll get 3% reply rate oftentimes to that, depending on how, yeah. uh, how good the email is and how customized it is, but you're getting someone to ask you for the video. Yep. Cause that's the, the game I feel like right now is don't spend so much time on effort. That's 
that is not going to get an outcome. No one's going to open a video in an email. Like they can't open a, a watch a video in an email they didn't open. Right. You know, they're just going to open of, it first. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I love that tip, by the way. I think that's a great. Um, you know, idea and use case. And, you know, what I also will do is, so so there's that approach of, you know, I saw this, mind if I send you a, a video to show you X, Y, Z. Um, and then the, the other variant on it is, um, you know, hey, Jason, you know, I know that, you know, op- interesting observation, whatever it happens to be, right? Noticed ABC. Um, I wanted to make a quick video to explain how X, Y, Z, um, but wanted to ensure I'm sending it to the right person. Should I send it to yourself or somebody else on your team? Right. So same sort of approach by, you know, making it easy for them to say like, yes, or making it easy for them to defer. Um, but as part of that, when they commit to like, sure, send me a video when you actually do, they'll still be pretty surprised and delighted that you did it. And uh, again, the likelihood to engage is much higher. I love it. Okay. I got one more. This, this just because this works really well too. I, I always recommend a, a strategy of pointing voicemails to emails. Yes. So the voicemail, don't ask for a call back, point to the email. And the call to action could be, I recorded a video. Uh, I saw that the newsletter emails I subscribed to on your site are going straight to my spam folder. I recorded a video to show you what I'm talking about. Check right. out the email subject lines XYZ. So same same kind of thing. Um, okay. Length of video. Before we show a bunch of different examples, people have questions about this and you hear a lot of things like, Oh, if it's more than 30 seconds, it'll never get watched, which I've seen many videos that are three to five minutes long that are custom. They've asked the person if they want to send it. And those videos get a really high watch through rate because they're detailing a problem that they're seeing on the website, let's say for example, but guidelines for length of video, just general rules of thumb. What should we uh, take into consideration with length of video? Yeah. So, uh, so first one, it depends on the use case. So first, if you are doing it as part of your outbound um, and they either it's a pure outbound or they've said, yes, sure. Send me a video. Uh, If it's your first engagement with them, do try to keep it to a minute or less, Um, you know, 90 seconds max. Um, I think it's a great rule of thumb to ensure that they're not going to feel like they're, you know, because otherwise they're going to feel like I'm not ready, willing to invest three to five minutes from somebody who I don't know. And I haven't figured out yet if it's worth my time. So, um, you know, ideally 30 to 60 seconds for prospecting videos. Um, and then once you're into the flow, of course, if you're now explaining ideas, answering questions, walking through things, now you can start to see, okay, that might be one to two minutes. It might be three to four minutes if I'm doing a walkthrough to, to really add value. So be mindful of those sorts of things. But like, it's very important to, you know, it's, it's easy to make a long video. It's hard to make a short video, right? I would have written a, you know, a shorter letter if I had had more time, right? A, you know, very, very apt quote. And so you do have to get practice and get good at this. So don't try to, you know, don't get caught recording for 10 minutes and then just sending it over. Uh, it's easy to do. And, uh, but, you know, practice, 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 and you'll promise you, you'll get better and better at refining your scripts. So active sales cycle, 60 to 90 seconds or less. And then, or sorry, cold outbound, active sales yep. cycle. That's where you have a little bit more, a little more Absolutely. room if there's yep. familiarity. Um, okay. Let me just look and see if we had anything else. Joe, we sort of addressed your question around, is it a more or less effective in specific industries? I mean, you kind of got to know what the email filters and kind of systems look like. I mean, like for a CISO, let's say they're probably not going to click on a video in my experience, unless you send it through LinkedIn is really how to kind of like, they're teaching their employees not to click on links in emails, you know, um, K through 12 might be a little bit tricky in my experience as well, working with companies in there. So you just got to try it, try it and see what works. And uh, you'll find some, some area of the sales cycle, you'll find that you can get people to engage with it. Um, Let's get into the examples. So do you have uh, uh, prepared a couple of examples? I think we're going to start with some prospecting examples. Yeah. Yeah. I've got, uh, I've got a number of my, my favorites here that I'm uh, happy to share with folks here and I'll play just parts of them and we can, uh, you know, get some feedback on what people think about them and if there's anything else that they, uh, they want to dive into. So let me just put this into a presenter view here. I'll just share a couple of uh, prospecting examples um, to whet your appetite. So this is one that I actually got. This was actually a few couple of years ago, and I still remember this one because um, I thought this seller did a really good job of like hyper personalizing his outreach. It stood out to me immediately, and I, I in, in retrospect, I, I felt like you know what, this one actually saved me time rather than 
you know, ate up my time, which is very rare when I get a prospecting message that I feel that way, right? Um, so this is the thumbnail image that landed in my inbox. So, you know, there was an email around this, that thumbnail image was there and he introduced it by um, very similar to your approach, Jay Bay, of, of indicating that he had found some issue with something we were doing. He was like, I saw one of your search result ads and, um, you know, I wanted to explain, you know, how it could be better basically. So I saw here immediately in the thumbnail image, I'm like, okay, he clearly made this just for me. He put in the effort. Let's see what it's all about. Um, so let me, uh, click play on it here. Hey, thanks for taking the time to check this out. Um, now, personally, I love you guys. I use Vidyard all the time, uh, but did notice a few areas where I thought Trustpilot could help with some quick wins for you guys. I just wanted to highlight it on this. So as you can see here, I just ran a generic search based off a keyword you guys are currently bidding for. Um, as you can see, like Adobe and Loom are also bidding on that same keyword, but nothing's really having you guys stand out in search right now. Um, so I wanted to show you this example. Uh, as you, I'm going to pause it here because I'm going to tell you what went through my mind when I watched this. Right now, he didn't have to say anything else. I immediately saw those five gold stars. Yep. And I was like, why didn't my ad have those? Right. And he goes on to explain that. He says, you know, what we do here is we make sure you've got these ratings under your search ads. And that helps them stand down and get higher click through rates. He didn't even need to tell me when as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, I get it. Like. Say no more, say no more. And it was this really great example where he hyper-contextualized it for me because he showed what our current state was. He very quickly showed me potential future state and he did it in a way that I could immediately get it. And he proved it, right? It wasn't like this and that. And here's a screenshot. Like he showed me live and I'm like, hey, that's great. And so I immediately forwarded this to the person on my team responsible for this area. And I said, check this out, right? Like it totally makes sense. Why wouldn't we do this? And again, if he had just sent the same old email with the bullet points and this and that, I would have just brushed it off as like, yeah, you and everybody else. But this was like so valuable to me. And I didn't even have to go off to their website to go like, okay, what do they really do or something like that? Um, and, and again, the way that he delivered his message, I really appreciated it. It was very genuine, right? Like he could have been a little bit more excited maybe, but um, like very personal. He was very knowledgeable and he came across as like somebody genuinely wanting to help, not somebody who's trying to pitch and sell. Yeah. I love the point out the problem. Mm -hmm. it's so visual and like the tip that I put in there was like make sure your thumbnail removes any doubt that this isn't a personalized video mm -hmm. you know and it's like so obvious it's like you're it's the video homepage in the background he's showing specific ads I, I wasn't paying close enough attention to see if a competitor popped up but what would be really interesting is if you have something that you can show where a competitor 100%. something or ranking above you especially in that after state yeah. It's like, hey, here's the problem that we see. Here's why that's important. Here's how one of your competitors is taking advantage of this. Um, yeah. Let us know in the chat. Uh, give us a yes in the chat. Is this an approach that might work for what you sell? Let us know in the chat. want to make sure everyone's still alive and awake out there. Hi, everybody. Visually <laughs> showing the prospect. And by the way, it doesn't have to be pointing out a problem. It could be something that you saw when you were doing research. It could be an article that just came out from TechCrunch. Yep. It could be something from their quarterly report, like any of that stuff that you can do to make it more visual and to like highlight on the screen what you're looking at. It's just money. It works really well. And this looks well, like here's the thing. Sometimes people will be like, oh, I don't know what, like, what could I show? And, and my answer to that is anything that you looked at during your research, right? Like if you did absolutely no research on a prospect, then sure, you might not know what to show. But like if you did any level of quick research, you went to their website. You went to their LinkedIn profile, you checked out an article, you like whatever it is. Those are all moments where you could go like, hey, I'm going to bring this up on my screen behind me. Largely, it's just a validation point to show them that I've done the work and I put in the effort. But if there's a way then to like connect that into the message you're trying to deliver, all the better. And like this one here, the second example is, um, is a little bit more of a generalized version of that, exactly what we're talking about, right? Not all of you have a product that you can like show like that last seller did. Um, but in this case, this is kind of a classic approach that sales reps have been using for the last few years, um, which is, you know, pretty much anybody you're prospecting is going to have a LinkedIn profile. So you could go to their LinkedIn profile, hit the record button with your camera on in the corner. And again, now use it as a way to, you know, make an observation and connect it to what you want to speak about. And the power here is when Isaac Goldberg here, whomever she's prospecting, when he sees this thumbnail show up in his inbox, once again, he'll immediately recognize that's my LinkedIn profile. 
What's going on here? Who is this person? Why is she there? She made a video for me. All those things go through your head and create that curiosity and that that sort of closed, that open loop in your brain where you're like, I have to see what happens here. Like, well, how is this going to end? Um, so it's a really simple approach, right? I'll just play again part of this video to show you. This is Kayla Citron Thaler, another seller from uh, at this time. Um, uh, can't remember who she was with at this time. Um, but let's take a look. Let's find out. Hey, Isaac. Wanted to send you a quick video because I understand that you've built up the advanced analytics team at SCE and you've really focused on operationalizing a scalable data ecosystem. And this is exactly the focus of what I've heard when talking to other data leaders. And what they've really talked about is driving these this digital transformation but there's challenges around siloed tooling and infrastructure friction and governance. And so I was wondering if you'd be, I know you're focusing on another venture right now. <laughs> and I'll just pause it here, right? It, like the message will, will continue on and will play out the way it does. And you can all think about your own messaging. But again, the idea here is you can like hook them in with this personalization, tie it back to something that you observed. And it's a great way, again, for them to get to know you um, and to sort of experience that off the bat. And even if she doesn't get the response or book the meeting, Isaac, I am sure, will remember her. She will be familiar for a long time um, when, if and when he does need a solution. That's my bet. I think that one thing, too, to point out with Kayla, because I've talked to her a lot about video. I mean, she's set hundreds of videos. And Thousands. Like, you could tell. Yeah, I mean, like, in the first 10 or 15 seconds, just one of the biggest hacks, I think, in sales, in prospecting, is to smile. Hmm. Being a warm, friendly person like showing your actual personality and being hard to like reject is so big, you know, just showing up in a way that's like, looks like you're excited to be there and excited to talk to them. I think is super important. Yeah. Um, cool. Love it. I, I think this is answering. We had a lot of questions on, Hey, is it okay to send a video to a cold, like when you're doing cold outbound and absolutely. Yes. Uh, to me, what's less, 100%. I always think it's creepy for some reason. I don't know what's, what's more creepy is, which I'm an advocate also of is calling someone on their cell phone. That's probably like yeah. the most invasive thing that you could do. <laughs> We're talking about sending a video yeah. through an email or a LinkedIn message. It's not a creepy thing to do. You're just introducing yourself. I don't, yep. I don't I could go off on that, but uh, good stuff. So these are the prospecting examples that uh, you can see in action. Yeah. Here. Yeah. So really simple. Again, these are things that anybody can do. Um, you know, there's different styles and approaches. I won't play these, but hey, just again, Isaac, so you can kind of get a sense for like visually, like, you know, here's, I don't know. Hey, Kaylee, Tyler at Vidyard here. There's, there's some weird guy. Um, you know, you can see here, I'm just on camera, but I use a little whiteboard to like customize a message, right. And create some curiosity again. So when they see that thumbnail come through, um, so lots of different ways you can do that. Let's move into a couple other examples here, JB. I've got one ready, which is super simple, right? So we'll almost like walk through the sales process here. So we've, you know, included videos in our outbound. Um, another one I love to use it for, which I don't have an example here, but is following up on an inbound lead, right? Like if you, I mean, let us know in the chat, if you'd like, if you follow up on, if you get inbound leads from marketing, now don't tell me if they're good or bad leads. I don't want to say yes, but they suck. I know they all suck. I'm a marketer, but if you're getting inbound leads or referrals today, you're probably just kind of like following up with them with an email and da 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 da. What if instead you started responding to them with a quick video to introduce yourself, you know, to share why you're so excited to help them solve a problem and, you know, how excited you are about booking a meeting. Like, would that help, you know, a, a slightly increased percent of them respond back and book that next meeting and take that next step? Maybe. Certainly does for a lot of reps that I know. And it's the simplest thing you can do, right? It's just like somebody comes inbound, they raise their hand, send them a quick video. Um, super simple. Okay, so now you've done either as part of outbound or your first response as part of an inbound, and you're now into a deal cycle or, or a qualification process. You've got a meeting coming up to discovery, demo, whatever it is. This is really simple, the pre-meeting video, right? This helps build familiarity is a big one for this. Um, and it will also, in some cases, help make sure they don't ghost you on the actual call. And so I'm sure many of you are either sending an email ahead of it saying like, hey, reminder for this, or maybe you have something automated set up from your calendaring tool. Try sending a quick video, right? Again, if I've got a coming up meeting coming up with J-Bay, hey, J-Bay, super excited about our call tomorrow because like I am just like, I'm seeing so many opportunities to help you increase your response rates. I'm going to talk about two of them tomorrow, but there's like, I'm bursting with ideas. I can't wait. 
Um, quick reminder, our meeting is at this time, da, 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 right? Really simple thing you can do. This is this is just one example here from one of my dear friends at Sales Loft. I'll just play as, a, as an example. Hey, John. Jordan here from Sales Loft. I just want to make you a quick video and let you know I'm really excited to connect with you this afternoon. I did include the Zoom, skirt, Zoom screen share link below, so go ahead and click on that link. That'll take you right into the Zoom room. Uh, for any instance at all, you're having any trouble logging in, go ahead and give me a call on my cell phone below the link there. So looking forward to it, and I'll see you here shortly. I love this. It's so simple, and it's, um, I don't know, the way you record videos, the way this guy records videos, it's like, oh, I'm like looking forward to talking to this guy. He seems like a like a fun guy to spend time with, and I think a, a really big thing in sales, too, is showing that you're going to be a good hang, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be enjoyable to spend 20, 30 minutes talking with? So this is a super simple one. I love it. For any SDRs in the uh, room today, this is a great way to confirm your meetings that you're setting up with your account executives and that sort of thing. Love it. Okay. So you have your meeting. Goes great. You do a bunch of good discovery, walk away with a lot of great information, and now you want to keep that momentum going. After the meeting, you may send a follow-up to highlight some of the key points, whatever it happens to be. Um, or perhaps a little bit further down the line, you may be sending a more formal um, update to um, what I like to call the information confirmation, uh, which is to make sure you're getting aligned on the things that you're hearing, the problems that they're having, and what you're going to focus on as part of the demo coming up or the proposal you're going to send over, whatever it happens to be. Um, this one here is a great example submitted from our dear friend, Sherry Levitin. If you all don't know her, she's a great follow. Um, a wonderful sales trainer, and and she and her team use video religiously in their own process of selling to sales organizations. Um, And this is her, what she calls the information confirmation video um, that she uses sort of post-discovery and or post-demo leading into a proposal delivery. I'll show you a little bit of this. I won't play the whole thing, but it'll give you a sense for, uh, for how she does it. Hi, Stephen. Great to talk to you yesterday. As a recap of what we discussed, you are a microchip company. You currently have 18 salespeople, you're based out of Florida, and you've been in business for the last eight years. Now, some of the challenges you've been experiencing lately is obviously there's supply chain issues, but one of the things that you're finding with your salespeople is they're leading with the product instead of leading with the problem, and so that has been a huge challenge for you. You also feel like some of your salespeople are really seasoned and they don't know how to leverage new technology. And so it's um, really hurting their ability to move deals through the pipeline. You also mentioned that some of I'll pause it there. Again, you can sort of get the gist for what she's doing and, and probably more importantly, why is she delivering in this way? This could have been a bulleted email, could have been like a slide that she sent over. Um, but again, in this case now, she is you know building that 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 trust, that camaraderie um, with the buying team, showing them that she's an active part, like she's an extension of their team and she wants to help them solve problems. And what's great as well is the intention is this is going to get shared around with different members of the buying committee, some of whom have probably never met Sherry and never will, right? But now when they watch it to go like, oh, yep, she's, yep, uh, yep, she's got everything. No, there's nothing else from my side. They all walk away, you know, subconsciously now knowing Sherry, right? Feeling like, again, she she was she had good energy. She smiled again. It was like, this is somebody who I would feel really comfortable doing business with. I want to make one quick point. Sherry is a seasoned pro with a very professional studio setup, as you can see there. So we've seen different versions. The yeah. previous one was definitely a homemade video. Yep. No offense to the individual. Um, both work. Yeah. So like you showing up on the screen, like you don't have to have a fancy setup or anything like that. I just want to make sure to point that out because that's a big thing yeah. I oftentimes hear that holds people back is, oh, I need a fancy setup and camera and lights and a fake brick background like I have. <laughs> you know, you don't need any of that no. stuff. No, no, I don't think so. And, uh, you know, it's worth noting as well that, you know, what I find actually, uh, we actually just released our benchmark report where we analyze all the data in our system of all the videos that are sent. And it's over 75% of the videos that are recorded and sent through Vidyard are done with the screen share and then the camera in the corner, right? So it's actually sales reps use those way more than they use the full camera view like this. And um, again, that is actually a bit of a a hack as well, where it's like, now you don't even have to really worry about your background or things like that. You're in this little bubble, you're in the corner. Um, We also have a blur background feature. and, And so you can, again, focus people on other things and not feel like you always have to be the center of attention.
the uh, a couple other use cases, right? So now you're moving through. Um, you've got a question about you know this all sounds great, but you know it's not fully clear how this thing works or whether how this is or what this is. Um, this is again where you can. I won't play the video here. It's pretty straightforward. It's again you can click the record button if you're a software product. You can pull up your product. Um, maybe you pull up some visuals or some slides. You know, or maybe there's another way in which you can demonstrate. But this is a really easy way to now hit the record button, walk through an example. You can get an SE on your team to do it if you have that model in your business and there's somebody better equipped. But again, don't feel like you always have to send an off-the-shelf video. Record it so you can really specify, this is what I know your challenge is, what you're really interested in, and really customize it to them. And in the last example uh, here, Jay, I love this, and I I hear consistently sellers um, now doing this, is when, um, again, if you're a full cycle um, account executive and you are closing business... Um, the point at which you are now sending over that proposal and hoping to, to get that deal signed is this final great moment for you to make that real lasting impression and to show your investment and to use a video to cl- create clarity at that final moment. Um, you know, Todd Capone, another great sales legend, another great follow. Uh, he, again, does this religiously himself in his business, and he has found it to have a really, really great impact. And the idea here is, um, you know, when you, you probably are presenting your proposal live over a call. Um, and you know, whether you are or not this follow-up now where you're sending the DocuSign or the PDF, um, or the Proposify or the Panda doc. Okay. Leave it there. Um, you know, recording a video of you quickly highlighting the key points, maybe walking through a few of the things on screen and getting ahead of questions, you know, or you expect they might ask can be really, really effective. Again, you're now reinforcing verbally and with body language and so on, the problems that they've talked about the reason that you're recommending a certain solution, and you're proactively addressing potential um, concerns or obstacles they may have as they go through it, right? Again, like super quick example here from Todd. Hey, Omer, so great catching up with you. And thanks for considering me to be a resource for you and the team at your upcoming revenue kickoff. As promised, I've put together this linked Google Doc proposal slash description of what I'm recommending based on our discussion and the outcomes that you're trying to achieve organizationally. Here's the way it looks. So basically, as we had talked about, my programs are a little bit nerdy, but meant to be one part entertaining, one part head slapping. See, Jay Bay's already like smiling now. He's like, I want to do business with this guy. This is way better than just like reading the DocuSide, right? Like you, you can all get sort of a good sense here. And it's not a 10 minute readout of the whole thing. It's like a two to three minute, hit the high points, get them excited and make sure when it gets shared with the CFO and anybody else, they get a chance to hear it straight from Todd and you're not relying on your champion to explain it. Love it. Yeah, love this. Um, dude, this is awesome, Tyler. I want to make sure we got about 90 seconds left. Um, make sure to go grab a free Vidyard account. I have a code in there too, if you want three free months of the uh, the premium uh, option or pro option or whatever you guys call it. Um, but what's, uh, Tyler, just quickly, where can people go to connect with you, learn more about Vidyard? You post a lot of great content. You guys are doing a lot of stuff at Vidyard. Um, and maybe I don't know what you're allowed to share, just around kind of the vision, because you guys are becoming more than just a video tool. Yeah, I mean, hook up with me at, uh, I'm on LinkedIn, obviously, Tyler Lassard, Vidyard, you can find me there. Um, connect with me, ask me any questions that you have, please feel free, I'm, I'm happy to, to help. Um, so that's the main thing. And then, you know, as you go forward, one of the other things that you'll find, um, you know, we, we actually just launched a, um, uh, a digital sales room tool that's free for our users as well. So you can actually sign up for Vidyard for free. And um, a digital sales room, the idea there is you um, have, you can create a shared space for any of your prospects or accounts where you can upload any of the videos that you're recording or, or sending to them or you want to, to make available to them, as well as any other documents and links all in one nice place. You can invite them to that room, they can sign in there, and now they can review all the materials that they need to offline. And it's really a core part of that asynchronous on-demand selling that we talked about earlier um, and delivering an experience that the buyers are going to prefer because when they can now find all the resources in one place, super simple, um, creates clarity, creates efficiency, creates a better experience. So really excited about that. And again, it's free in the Vidyard product now. So if you use it or if you sign up, you'll find a little Rooms logo on the left-hand nav. Check it out. Um, It's great. And actually, uh, just today, Jay Bay, hot off the press, we launched our AI video script generator. 
Because again, many of you will be like, I don't know what to say in these videos. I'm not sure I can come up with my own script. You can just use a little chat GPT style interface to go like, make me a video script for ABC and it'll generate a first draft of a script for you. So all sorts of good things happening, good stuff coming and uh, hope you all absolutely uh, crush it out there with this. And uh, thanks for taking the time, JB. Appreciate being here. Cool, yeah. Appreciate you being here as well. Let's blow up Tyler's uh, LinkedIn. I dropped his uh, profile there. Maybe send him a video, you know, that's <laughs> thing. But uh, appreciate your time, man. And uh, everyone else, love the participation. And uh, we'll see you. Have a good rest of your week.